podcast about game development and the diverse people who make it. My name is Jasmine. I'm a 3D environment artist from Cologne, Germany. And my name is Ash, and I'm an environment artist in North Carolina, USA. And today's special guest is Justin Yun. He's a 3D animator at People Can Fly. And yeah, thanks so much for coming on today. I'm so excited to Yay, have you on, Justin. You. That's Ooh, like, thank you. <laughs> it's like another <laughs> instance of these um, guests that we have where, like when we started the podcast, I wanted to have Justin on so badly because um, <laughs> not only because yep. he's a good friend, but he also we work together and he has such a like interesting path to becoming way, like a 3D animator to where he is now. And I really wanted that we give him the platform to share his wisdom with us today. So uh, I'm so glad you agreed. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited. And I've always wanted to be in a podcast. So this is like really exciting. And uh, just for you to invite such a like random person like me, oh, like no. I, I definitely <laughs> feel random. Well, no, this is truly an all-inclusive podcast. I gotta say. <laughs> wow. <laughs> we, we have laugh tracks too, right? Yeah, of course. <laughs> we'll add it in. Yeah. Um, to support like, my bad jokes a little bit. Oh, no. <laughs> kind of jumping into that first topic, uh, could you tell us a little bit about how you got into animation in the first place? Um, yeah, of course. Um, so this is, uh, I'll try to keep it short, but um, as I mentioned earlier, I like to ramble a bit and I like to get into detail. So I'm gonna try to uh, keep it as simple as possible. Um, so first of all, something to uh, say about myself is that um, I I've always been um, somebody who uh, just likes to, to start things and just gets interested in like a bunch of things. Um, but I always drop out of things. Like I, I can never keep up and, uh, um, you know, I gain interest and I lose interest. Um, and that's always been uh, something that I did all my life. All my family members could tell you that. Um, so, uh, you know, when I was in college, um, I started in cinema. I did that for a couple of years. And uh, I thought maybe like this wasn't for me. So I tried the opposite. I did um, some science, some math, some business courses, psychology, sociology, everything. And, um, you know, nothing ever really clicked. So um, I ended up... Um, giving up uh, 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 school in general, like education, I felt like it wasn't for me. Um, so I just started working, uh, you know, full time doing like waiter jobs, uh, window washing, uh, customer service and a bunch of things. And um, eventually I got sort of fed up with it. And um, uh, I, I remember that uh, in, my, in my family background um, on my mom's side, uh, who are all in Korea right now, um, they, um, they are all artists or a lot of them are artists and i thought like maybe i have some of this like art blood in me and maybe i could like utilize that to uh explore uh art in general um so i started uh doing some drawings and uh, i got really into that and um for the first time in my life uh, i was actually like trying to see if i could um, hold on to something and just keep practicing and practicing. Uh, so I was doing a lot of 2D drawing. Um, I wasn't that great, but I was still motivated and determined to to get somewhere with it. Um, and um, it was also like an experimentation to see if it's really for me. 
Um, and then at some point I discovered uh, Blender and I started looking at tutorials for Blender and did 3D um, modeling and stuff. And then I found out about animation and rigging and all that stuff. And I was just amazed and like, this was so awesome. And I, and I wanted to continue that. And I've been doing that for uh, several months. And that's when I realized that, um, that this, is, uh, this is something that I may want to pursue. Um, so from there, I jumped onto, um, uh, I looked, I started looking into schools and uh, a lot of these schools that I applied for needed a specific portfolio and, uh, and uh, a test at the end. So um, I was working towards those portfolios and really dedicated, putting all my time into it. Um, and I got rejected to a lot of these schools and um, uh, it was, it was quite uh quite depressing, you know, like when you can't even make it to the first level of something, right? Um, but I just kept going at it. And uh, finally, I got accepted to um, a school called uh, Campus ADN, um, which is a one-year intensive uh, animation program, and like specifically animation. And uh, it, it was a really cool um, school there. Um, like we had uh, three semesters, um, four months each. Um, and uh, we focused on animation. And then second semester, we looked a bit at, uh, at like rigging and technical animation and, and game engine and stuff. Um, and then third semester um, was a fun one because we got to um, make a, a full game uh, with the whole school, basically. Because um, in our school, we had there was like a different um, departments. So we had like the, the game design, level design, um, scripting department we had the modeling and like uh, more like 2d art department and then we had the animation department and um uh you know obviously i was a part of the animation team and we were making a game but the the thing about the third semester that was uh, the highlight for me was that uh, we had uh mentors and a ton of mentors that were invited by our uh, our teacher and um, I got paired up with uh, a mentor that, you know, we got, we got along really well and uh, he really inspired me and motivated me and he really pushed me to do um, the, to become the best that I could. And, um, you know, for me, like uh, this school, like I, I had waited so long to get into a school. Um, so like, this was my all in, like I was gonna put my 100% dedication and like, this was like, I, I wanted to make sure that this was all worth it. Uh, so with the mentor, we worked really hard to um, uh, make my demo reel. And uh, at the end of the um, at the end of the the semester, um, there was a showcase to show all the other mentors on what we've been working on. And from there, uh, I got to meet um, uh, Maxime Pilon. Uh, a lot of people know him. He uh, made uh, like frame by frame animation on Facebook and the Anim Challenge. Um, and uh, uh, yeah, that's uh, after meeting him there, he really liked what he saw and uh, he contacted me and he hired me at uh, Ludia Games and he was my lead animator. And from there, that's that's basically where my adventure begins. Nice. Um, like kind of like rewinding for a second. You said that you were, um, uh, here we go on a tangent. No, it's not a tangent. <laughs> Sorry, that was my tangent. <laughs> <laughs> um, you said that you had to take, there was like a test for school question mark what was the test about like yeah okay so um one of the tests one of the distinct tests that i could remember um was uh uh for this three-year program and um i had to uh, it was a lot of drawing actually like the a lot of the the bigger programs where it's like um, a lot longer um they they require you to do like drawing modeling um 
animation, kind of like a uh, Jasmine school, right? Like just a very broad kind of thing. So they needed to test me for uh, everything. And um, yeah, the, the part that I struggled with most was like the drawing test. Uh, they, I can't remember, it was so long ago, but uh, they, they asked some, uh, like asked me to like draw um, the same thing as like there was an image and then um, they asked me to draw this exact same thing, like one to one. Um, so I guess uh, that's like to see if I'm able to like look at reference and like kind of like uh, imitate it, I guess. Sure, um, sure, sure, sure. And uh, little tests like this, like, oh, this is a, a square, like create, um, I don't know, like start from this square and like create a scene with it or something, you know. Sure, like, you know okay. it, it was a hard test, to be it honest. Like, <laughs> that sounds pretty hard. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, because because like, when you reference like mask, I wouldn't compare that level <laughs> at all. Like the good thing was we had it specific to what we want to do. Like the well, if you want to do three D, do three D. If you want to do two D, do that. So I just like focused on what I wanted to do, and I think everyone else did that as well. So it was kind of easier in that sense because you didn't have to show skills in any other aspect. But that sounds like a mm. pretty rough boot camp to like yeah. do it's, everything. Yeah, the worst part is it's not like a you know a prestigious like crazy big school. Mm. You know, it's just like a like a local college. And uh, I thought I thought it was quite absurd. And um, I mean, I, I'm glad I didn't make it, I guess, because I got into the industry in one year instead of doing the school for three years. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm quite happy with the results. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then uh, how you said that even before you um, went down like the art education route, you were like filling with stuff in Blender and doing kind of your own like self-study and stuff like that. Like how long did you like kind of fiddle around with stuff for before you went to school? Or was it just like, oh, I'll fiddle around with it for a couple months and then you were like, oh, I really want this. And then you went on um, to pursue art education or what was up with that? Um, I, I can't, okay. I can't remember the exact, exact timeline on how this worked because I know sure. that all this uh, exploration was like, uh, I guess like within a year or so, mm. or like, you know, eight months, like I've been really exploring that. Um, um, so, so yeah, I think during like, while I was preparing for the portfolio, I also got into uh, doing Blender because maybe um, for the portfolio, they asked me to do like something 3D or something. And then I, I guess I like searched up like, oh, like what are 3D softwares and stuff. And then that's where I found out Blender. And then that's where I realized like, oh my God, like I'm really bad at drawing, but like I could do stuff in Blender. So <laughs> I just continued from there. It, it's, it's kind of funny that you say it that way because that's kind of how I got into modeling too, is that in school, it was like my classmates were more into like the drawing like 2d animation side of things and so they had like drawn for years and years and years at that point and then i hadn't really like i drew but not really as intense as them yeah so then when it came time for me to take my like first like 3d modeling class like i didn't expect to kind of like sink into it the way that i did but it felt good because yeah. everyone else is struggling and i wasn't struggling as much <laughs> which i know is kind of toxic <laughs> it, felt good. it felt good to be good at something when you were bad at the thing that everyone else was good at so oh yeah um, yeah, yeah. It, it, it's 
I, I want all the artists who are bad at drawing to rise up. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Right. No, I, I know I know how you feel because like a lot of people say like uh, a lot of people that I know who are in like 3D school like hate animation courses. Like it's the it's the the course that they hate the most just because it's like animation is just so it's it's hard. Like it's really hard and like I mean everything is hard for sure. But like I don't know. I I personally think that like animation is like quite hard because there's a lot to think about. Um, and, uh, and yeah, a lot of people, uh, they, and there's a lot of like suffering through animation too, cause, uh, it takes like, I, I, I feel like it takes more time to like master, uh, animation just cause there's so many like little details, like, you know, not only do you have to understand like, uh, body mechanics and like, uh, like actual, uh, appealing like motion and stuff, but you also have to, you know, learn like proper posing, um, make things appealing, like, you know, all the, um, uh, you know, the art stuff from like drawing and stuff like rhythm and shapes and things like that. Like you need to understand that for animation as well. So it's like a, a big jumble of like, you know, like sci- a bit of science and a bit of um, uh, art and stuff and just mixed together. So I know a lot of people like uh, in school, like, don't really like it it's like the class that i know jasmine didn't like it <laughs> yeah i was complaining a lot when we were working together about this but you know why because there was a lot of lacking in terms of yeah. how we were being taught because like seeing you doing animation like i was like okay yeah this is amazing and this is super inspiring to see how well you are at it how passionate you are about it but mm-hmm. i think the way some schools maybe teach it is like lacking that level of what you explain like that how deep it actually goes that it's not mm-hmm. just about opening maya and moving some keyframes and yeah. that's it, which yeah. was basically what we covered so that's where my passionate hate came from but this is not about that i hate animation like i admire animation and mm-hmm. i think it's an amazing aspect of like the whole like the f- films we see and the games we see so I, I give you gladly the award of this is the most difficult discipline. <laughs> like, yeah, it's, it's the entry level that's like kind of uh, daunting for a lot of students. Yeah. It's just like, uh, you know, um, it's it's a lot uh, more, it takes more uh, to, you know, put a character in and then move it and then, you know, press all, all of like the technical stuff from the software compared to um, uh, not to like, like trash on like modeling or something but you know like you you have like a a box or a sculpt like a a, like a circle and then you could start sculpting it and like explore and like come up with something like really cool like just by uh, sort of messing around and obviously using like your the knowledge that you have in like art Um, but in animation like it's it's hard to just like open a scene and just kind of do whatever uh, and then like hope it works because there's like you know a lot of reasons why your animation can look bad and like um and uh, I, I think that's what like scares a lot of the students to begin with. But once you get through that, uh, it doesn't get easier. Uh, but <laughs> but uh, I, I think like your workflow gets cleaner and uh, you start to get a bit faster and stuff. Um, and yeah. <laughs> well, that's uh, motivating to hear for sure, especially I think for people who want to get into animation or in the starting phases and go through that. Yeah. Yeah. Don't give up. <laughs> <laughs> you got this. <laughs> Um, so yeah, moving on to our second topic, you already touched upon this already that you, after you graduated, you went to Ludia and worked there. 
and then you started at Square Enix after that as a solo animator. This is where we met, actually. And um, this comes with a lot of responsibilities already, I think, as like your second job in the industry. Um, what was it like having that position for you? Um, okay, so, uh, well, first of all, when I was hired at Square Enix, um, I was hired as a, a junior animator, basically. I didn't have much experience, right? I only had maybe one year of experience at that time. Um, so it was a pretty big role for me to uh, to uh, fill in. And um, I'm, I'm still very grateful that they, you know, entrusted me with this role too. And I, I'm sure you feel the same way too, since you were, uh, uh, you know, our only environment artist and being like a student and everything, there's like a lot of pressure, but uh, we, we agree that like our team was very helpful and like, oh, yeah. uh, like really there to support us and make sure to let us know that, you know, we're doing a good job and um, we're doing exactly what we need to do and stuff. Um, so yeah, the, the, it, although like I was always like, you know, I'm, I'm alone as an animator, uh, the fact that it's such a small team, uh, it was really nice um, uh, because, you know, everyone's there for you, right? Like you can talk with like the gameplay uh, programmer and like the designer and, mm. uh, you know, the art team and even the producers, you know, like everyone was sort of like there for you and you're, you're never really alone, even if you're sort of alone in your craft. And I think that's where like, you know, that's like where our like solidarity and like our friendship comes from too, because everyone's like a solo something. So it's just like, hey, we, we feel the same way about everything. So uh, we're just like sort of like, you know, connected that way, I guess. Yeah, it was uh, really amazing to see because um, you don't expect that, I think, from a big studio. Like you hear Square Enix and like, okay, it's going to be like, 300 yeah. people working on a project. I'm not going to know anyone who does anything outside of my realm and that's it. But then yeah. being able to have such a close connection to everyone on the team and also learning a lot. I think even though there wasn't maybe somebody else who does the exact thing as you, you mm -hmm. were still learning a lot in many other aspects and many yeah. other fields and get like a complete different outlook on game development and not just yeah. focus on your own craft all the time, 24 hours a day. That yeah, for sense. sure. That's that's uh, that's the thing like uh, uh, that I really enjoyed about uh, um, Square Enix, and it was a huge challenge too. It's just like you know, I'm not just like it's not just about like animating. Uh, you know, I had to I had other responsibilities like uh, you know making like documentations for everything animation related. Uh, you know, working with the art director to um, you know create the uh, like the animation pipeline and the rigging pipeline. Uh, dealing with outsource. Um, and uh, just communicating with other departments, which is hard to do. Like it's a skill that you acquire, like just under trying to understand like um, uh, like what the programmers are talking about or what the designers are talking about. Like these are all uh, skills that um, I never, well, I probably wouldn't have learned until further on in my career. Um, but I, I really uh, like the fact that I learned it uh, quite early. Mm -hmm. So it was, it was less about, um, uh, working at Square Enix was less about uh, improving my craft as an animator, but more about improving my communication skills mm -hmm. and uh, just becoming a, like a game developer and not just a game artist or, yeah. No, I think that's really great. But nonetheless, did you have any uh, specific ways how you looked for mentorship during that time? Because obviously you improved in a lot of other areas, but I'm sure you also wanted to grow as mm -hmm. an animator and hone your skills in that regard. Yeah, 
yeah, of course. Uh, but I mean, that was one of the reasons why um, I felt like I had to uh, leave Square Enix mm -hmm. because you know it was still very early on in my in my career, and uh, I needed more uh, mentorship. But um, the ways that I seeked mentorship was uh, first of all, I had an amazing we we had an amazing art director, and our art director has a background in two D animation. He was a two D animator in the past before. Uh, everything else and um you know he helped me out a lot in not not necessarily understanding like the technical problems of like maya and stuff or technical issues of like animations uh but more in the sense that like you know he understood shapes he understood like rhythm he understood uh how to plan a shot um and all these things and uh and that was a really really helpful uh he he was a really really helpful person for that um i also um spent a lot of time uh, talking with uh, uh, one of the senior animators at Square Enix uh, on another team. Uh, it's, his name is Dan Sinet, and uh, we did uh, a lot of weekly animation challenges together. And um, that helped a lot too, because uh, you know after every weekly animation session, we would try like different challenges and like, mm -hmm. different types of animations. Um, and uh, we would spend like a couple of hours at the end of the week, just giving each other feedback and uh, to, to uh, help each other out to improve and uh, these are the type of things that like you need to put in that extra work to like sort mm -hmm. of seek especially when you're uh, a solo animator um and obviously like we had fantastic artists on our team and uh, even if they don't necessarily like know animation they could still uh support us and in, in the more artistic uh you know the the the, the mentality of like the mindset of an ar artist and stuff that was like really helpful and then i also had like uh online courses on the side um yeah it was a very jam-packed uh experience <laughs> a lot uh, for the mentorships <laughs> for sure i think it was really admiring to see how you had that um determination and energy to do all this on the side because having like a new job and being new in the industry and you know wanting to have mentorship and doing like such a big task on an interesting project and, you know, learning new things, it's a lot at the same yeah. time. And I think that also comes hand in hand with um, imposter syndrome. We've talked about this numerous times on the uh, podcast, but I think it'd be interesting to hear from you. Did you have to deal with any imposter syndrome and, or did you not, or what was it like for you? Because that's a lot of responsibilities laying on your shoulders during that time and a lot to do <laughs> basically and deal with. Mm. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, imposter syndrome. Ah, imposter syndrome. <laughs> everyone, I feel like everyone, uh, every artist or everyone in life like has, uh, you know, some sort of imposter syndrome, like daunting them. And um, like for me, yeah, as a solo animator, uh, like there was, there was a lot of pressure um, because, you know, everything that... Uh, um, like my work was like the only work that they have right now. So if it's bad, then, you know, it's bad, right? Like nobody's there to like help me correct it or anything. But that's that's like a, a general pressure um, as like, you know, a solo dev or solo artist or whatever. Um, but, uh, but as I mentioned, we had a, a very supportive team, um, you know, to tell me like, oh no, it looks great. Like, what are you saying? Like, don't be crazy or anything, uh, you know, and, um, uh, I realized that like most of uh, this imposter syndrome is usually like self-induced pressure, um, and uh, yeah, we tell ourselves that uh, that it's not good uh, when other people think that you know it's uh, it's uh, not not that bad. And uh, you know, 
to this day, like I still feel um, like I, I wish I had like more experience when I was at Square Enix. Um, like I wish I was more like of a senior by then, just because uh, not only that my like animation skills would have been better, uh, but also just the um, uh, like my creative perception, I guess, just being able to to think about things that I'm not able to think about right now, just because I'm still like fresh in the industry, right? Mm -hmm. um, but you know, somebody with ten years of experience, they might be able to unlock uh, uh, these things like a lot quicker than me. Um, so, like, I feel like I, I still have this imposter syndrome where I feel like um, I could have done better. Um, but you know, it's all in the past now, and I've uh, learned ways to you know overcome those. Uh, those feelings and catching on to that what <laughs> ways did you find because we're always on the lookout on some neat tips and tricks to like apply and i'm sure our listeners would love that as well so what is your top advice to overcome uh, or at least deal with imposters yeah. a little bit better yeah i don't think uh i don't think like personally i don't think i could ever overcome it um but there are ways that you know um over over time and experience that I found to to deal with it and to cope with it um, and um, uh, I think the main thing is to uh, be able to identify and acknowledge that you do have imposter syndrome um, like one of uh, our friends Ernesto he was telling me the other day that um, you know he feels like he's not even good enough to have imposter syndrome to begin with you know and i'm just like whoa 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 hold on that's imposter syndrome right there like chill you are good enough and it's not it's not based on like your your level of experience like anybody could have imposter syndrome somebody who's not even an artist could have imposter syndrome right so it's just like uh it's learning it's like pinpointing that and then starting to tackle uh to tackle those uh uh the things that are like triggering that, uh, those thoughts um like personally like i like to talk about it and i think that's super important like i'm very fortunate to have a partner who's there for me and uh who's there to listen even if she doesn't like totally understand the way i'm feeling like she's still there to you know help me um tell me that you know i'm not i'm not i'm just putting these thoughts in my head and stuff and uh, another way is to talk with seniors um, because seniors feel the same way and uh, or a lot of seniors um, had the same experience or still feel the same way and just um, knowing what they're going through and like the tricks that they've uh, learned throughout the years uh, helps a lot and it's it's very reassuring and uh, of course um, you could also uh, seek uh, professional help uh, because there are um, some people out there, like therapists, who are there for you. And even if they don't understand what you're exactly going through, like they understand, you know, how the human mind works, and they understand uh, how to teach you how to like manage um, and cope with these kind of things. Because we don't learn that at school, right? We don't mm -hmm. learn how to how to cope with these uh, stressful thoughts and stuff at school. And like therapists are kind of there to to uh, help engage that uh, mindset. And um, and yeah, oh yeah, and there, there's one more thing. Uh, sorry, I'm like taking up all the the mic time. Oh <laughs> no, it's fine. More... <laughs> it's your stage. <laughs> there's there's one more thing that um, that I found really helpful is to just test yourself with simple exercises, mm. um, like what I do when I'm ever feeling uh, like I'm not good enough. Because we all have bad days, right? Like there are some days that I come into work almost the whole day, like I'm just like trying to animate and I just can't do it, right? 
like something something about like today is just not working and uh you know you're just fighting it all day and it just gets worse and worse and a lot of other people like i know um uh, Mikhail from pixar he he said it himself too that like sometimes he has his off days and sometimes he can't properly animate and you know like this is this is a thing and it happens uh to a lot of artists and like um so the way like i um uh is that I, I do like simple exercises to remind myself that like one I'm able to animate and also when you do like small bite-sized exercises it kind of like gives you that sense of accomplishment um, and one cool thing is you could you could like you know after, let's say like you have one year of experience at your job and then you're feeling this imposter syndrome you could do like a simple exercise like a bouncing ball or or a head turn or an emotion change or something like that just something really simple and quick that you can do like within a day or or less uh like three hours or something um and then just do that and then save it somewhere and then maybe like two years later when you're feeling the same way you just do the same exercises and then you can compare you know you can see that like oh wow like like I did the same thing in the same amount of time, but it's better, you know, like the posing is better. Uh, the animation, it feels smoother. Uh, the, you know, the arcs are there and the polish is in there and the speed is there. And, you know, this, this helps you like just get motivated and just feel like uh, you have, there's a sense of like improvement. And um, it's kind of like when you look at yourself like every day in the mirror, or I guess like a good example for, for you, Jasmine, with your new dog, um, you know, it was a baby before, but now it's an adult or like it's older and it's bigger now, but you, you don't notice like the, you're seeing it every day. So you don't notice that growth, but like for those who like saw it when it was a baby and then saw it like later, two months later when it's big, it's like, Oh my God, it grew so much, you know, like, so, so it's good to like find ways to, to kind of like, um, uh, yeah, to, to, to see the, the, the changes. Cause you're not going to notice that you're getting better. Um, on a day-to-day -day basis but if you have a comparison then uh, it can help you and that that really helps me like get motivated again mm -hmm. and to to feel like i improved that's such a lovely thing to do actually <laughs> like it's so simple yet effective like i didn't even think about that <laughs> <laughs> even just like i don't know model something super basic and like texture and be like yeah see i can do this like uh yeah make it more scary in my head Oh, next time I'll just look at Haru and be like, "Yep, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Secret. Yeah, that, that was, so everybody out there, just look at your dogs and remember <laughs> how they were small and now they're big." <laughs> well, um, yeah, I think this is like a nice part of the show to take a little break. So we're gonna stop right here and we'll be right back. talked about how Justin started as an animator in the industry and what it's like being a solo animator. And kind of moving on to our third topic, I wanted to ask you about your relationship with personal work. Yeah. Right. My relationship <laughs> with personal work. Uh, it's complicated, you know? <laughs> um, so um, oh, no. my personal work and, uh, you know, work, uh, like just work and personal work, like balance, um, I, I used to do a lot, 
um, you know, like, as I mentioned earlier, like there was like the weekly animation challenges that I would do with Dan. Um, I did a lot of, I, do, I spent a lot of time doing like game jams too. And, uh, you know, looking into like schools and doing schools um, and stuff. And, uh, you know, just also just doing art for fun. Um, and like, you know, this was, this was like, it was really fun and like great at first um, because I wanted to improve and I had this constant need to, to sort of uh, um, level up, but like at a fast pace, uh, mainly because like I wanted to, to stay relevant in the industry and yeah. uh, I wanted to make sure that, that, you know, if I, worrying about the future, you know, just like thinking if I don't keep this up, then like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna like, you know, not be good enough for like if I ever lose my job or something mm. uh, just to make sure that I always have like a role and you know right now I don't have children but if I do then I want to be able to constantly support them and so, so there's like a mm. lot of like stress that comes in and that's sort of like what was driving my um, my need for for doing personal work um, and I think that also links to uh, you know when I was like um, studying drawing and then going into school and uh, starting to work and everything like the ball was always rolling for me. So I never got used to like just slowing down. Mm -hmm. And uh, that was like the, the, so, so that was sort of what was driving my personal work. Um, mm -hmm. And then you have like COVID situation uh, and then like, it's harder to balance uh, work and personal work situation where you're just always at the computer and, uh, yeah, there's this saying like we're not working from home anymore, but we're living at work now. Yeah, and uh, I think uh, that's definitely something we need to watch out for. And um, and like personal work was just like hurting like my mental health in general too. I find, but you know, not to say that people shouldn't be doing personal work, but for me, it was uh, it it was like uh, at first it started as like ah oh, this is so much fun, but um, it transformed into something that's like you know I felt more like. Um, like I was doing it for, uh, you know, my career or something mm. rather than doing it for fun and stuff. Mm -hmm. It's, it's so, it's so multi-layered and complicated too, because there is so much pressure. Like when you first start working, if you are like in any sort of range of like your 20s 30s or whatever there's an expectation put there for you to like mm -hmm. work super super hard now so that yeah. you set up yourself for like later mm -hmm. or whatever um which i don't i don't think that's necessarily bad advice but i think if taken a little bit too far it can be really damaging um because yeah. it has for me for yeah. sure especially if especially if your path in, in in life with your career whatever is a little bit off the beaten path or whatever you know mm -hmm. um if if things took you a little bit more time or you took a detour or whatever um and like i know for me with personal work um it is like it's 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 a complicated sort of like cocktail of me being interested in this thing that I'm doing because it's fun and I think it's going to be awesome. And then me being afraid, like you were kind of mentioning, me being afraid that, oh man, if I don't constantly work on my skills, then I'll become like, I'll get behind and no one want to hire me and then I won't be competitive anymore. Mm -hmm. And then mixed with, if I don't do any work and if I just kind of relax after getting off of work, then... I'm not doing enough. Like I haven't deserved rest yet. What yeah. are you doing? Yeah. We'll find something to do. Um, and then if you're on social media, that's a whole other bear because you constantly <laughs> see people 
posting their works in progress, posting their finished projects, posting their, you know, um, their new jobs or whatever that they yeah. uh, just got. And it kind of feels like there, there's, there's so much pressure yeah. to perform right now. Mm-hmm. And I think that can easily feed, and it has for me, it's, it can easily feed into like a negative sort of relationship with personal work because mm-hmm. like, it, that line you're is no so longer blurry. doing it for fun you know yeah yes. yeah and what do you do things for fun i think it's a little bit more sustainable question mark that way because mm-hmm. it's like driven mm-hmm. from truly from your own passion about a thing and it and it it separates itself from being an obligation uh but it's 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 really hard to like i think kind of get there and kind of maintain that um with personal work and I kind of admire people who don't feel the need to do personal work. Mm-hmm. But I but I could never, I feel like for me right now, it feels like, ah, it's so nice that so-and-so isn't doing personal work, but that could never be me. That's how I feel about it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, other people can do it, but you have to keep working at it, you know? Yeah, I, I for sure felt that way um, for a while. But, you know, um, in the past year, like I've learned to, to you know, take control of my life and like to make the decision to not do personal work because before it was like you know I was driven by like uh wanting to stay relevant and um you know just feeling like I have to do something because everyone's doing something yeah. uh, especially because um I'm I'm a part of uh the um like the anim challenge team and like you know there are like lately there's like over 200 submissions like all the time and you know I have to vote for like which one I, I find is like the best one and stuff um so I'm, I'm looking at so many of these and it's it's really um you know I look at them and I'm like wow this is really cool like I should be doing my own cool thing I should be participating in the challenge and stuff like that um but um it, it was hard but I had to you know take a step back and like slow down um because you know I never had the chance to and now it's making that realization and like finding new hobbies like away from the computer oh, and yes. yeah <laughs> and just really like, just... <laughs> yeah and just doing like personal work that like pleases me like just just doing it because it's it's fun like without thinking too much about it. because we do like you know eight hours of work and then jumping onto personal project like that's it's a lot for for your brain um and you know my body's been feeling that strain too you know just like slouching over at the computer all oh, day and, like, my trim, spine trim can feel it. yeah and it's just like yelling at me like hey stop it <laughs> just like oh okay but like you know but you can't stop you know you're just like so focused um, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. this is a this is an audio sign to anyone listening to stretch your wrists right now oh yeah oh yeah <laughs> and your spine and your do spine. some yoga <laughs> take some breaks well i think it's it's so good how you took a conscious choice to not do personal work because that is some willpower (laughs) right there it's really difficult and also difficult i guess to not feel guilty when you're doing that decision because i feel super guilty doing that like i i am okay with not doing personal work right now because i know it's like a new job and i need to focus on that Mm -hmm. but i still feel guilty for not doing it so i sometimes just sit after work at my computer and i'm like okay what do i do now i've got time but Mm -hmm. I also don't want to say yeah, I should maybe just get up and do another thing or find a hobby or like follow my hobbies that I have. But then I, as like Ash said, when you see other people doing stuff, uh, even though it's like completely unrelated to you, like they don't even 
like you know it's no it shouldn't be an influence on you what other people are doing like it's uh but it's hard to like shut that out from your brain yeah it, yeah. it gets super toxic i think to a point where you don't get like in this like state of like frozen mind that you just don't do anything like i don't sometimes i end up not doing anything fun that it's outside of art and then just sit there and like scroll i don't know art station or twitter and mm. i'm like i could have done something in this time but i don't feel like it because i don't want to do personal work it's like a vicious cycle in a sense that you just don't end up doing anything like fun or not even not fun you know yeah. it's just like being of state i don't know yeah i think it's different too especially um you know how uh you saw you for for you, for example, like you built your career uh, while you were at school, basically. So you were doing like you know you built like a like a a group of followers and everything like while you were at school. And school is like the best time to 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 do that because you know that's yeah. the mindset you're in uh, because you need to like make sure that like you you put your foot in the door like in the yeah. industry and everything. Uh, but then once you start working, it's like it's like you start realizing these little things like, oh, like, why am I still, like, obviously it's important to, like, keep improving and everything, yeah. but, um, like, you don't have to do it, like, at, at the rate that you were doing in the past, and, like, that's totally fine, like, uh, you deserve, like, a bit of rest, too. Like, nobody, <laughs> if, if anyone is telling you that, like, you know, why, where's your personal work, like, you haven't posted anything, like, that's toxic, and... Absolutely. You know, you know what we do. <laughs> like, I wish I could print that out and put that song because I get messages like that. Like, believe me or not, it's uh, Wait, been really? very, um, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's very like, it, it gives me anxiety. Like, I don't even have anxiety about it. Like, like I'm fine. I'm doing my thing. I'm just chilling. And then I get a message like that. They're like, oh, what are you working on right now? Is there anything you can show? Uh, please tell me that you're working on a new project. I'm like, I'm actually not. Like, <laughs> what do you want from me? I, okay. I don't know. Like, it's very um, scary. Like, it makes me feel like I should, like, right now do something because somebody is expecting me that I am yeah. doing. And it's not It's not even, like, a bad... It, like, they're not trying oh, no. to, like, like roast you or anything oh, for no. that. It's just like, oh, like, I love your work. Like, oh, you must be working on something because you haven't posted in, like, two months. It must be, like, a huge... <laughs> I don't know, triple A project, like, you know, some crazy stuff. But, you know, like, I don't think it's like in bad intention. Maybe there are no. some people who say it in bad intention. But, um, but yeah, like, uh, it's, uh, it's really, it really sucks that you get messages like that. And uh, I hope that, uh, that, you know, people understand that, you know, it's, it's, we don't, we have our own lives to take care of, too. And mental health is always more important than uh, personal work. And, pleasing mm. uh social media and stuff mm -hmm. i agree i agree like it's so easy stares at myself while i say this it's so easy to just be busy for busyness sake you know and that's something i'm trying to work on with myself because my hobbies have a degree of skill to them and i'm trying to find a i, I need to find a hobby that has doesn't really that either i don't care about skill with it or it's not as big of a deal or whatever, because I think that maybe if you like the feeling of like getting those achievements and stuff, it can be easy to like kind of sink into something like artistic or whatever that still makes you feel like, ah, I'm improving, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Um, but, but doing things that will help you kind of just um, check out in a sense and not really worry about things like that and just, you know, um, let yourself be a human, you know, cause like the, the better that you can take care of your brain and 
your yourself, the better the better work um, that you'll do. So it, it really is yeah. like a, a, a more about having a more well-rounded approach, like getting some exercise and drinking some water and not just yeah. coffee all the time <laughs> and stuff. Like it's really like a, a whole thing that you have to watch. Yep. Take a sip. It's really I like important. how we're both drinking at the same time. <laughs> it's really important to, you know, get the get, get all of that in. Um, yeah, but yeah, yeah. I think. Uh, well, I think like it's. Um, you know, I, I find that it's sort of like a like a reverse psychology thing too, because some people do really enjoy like always working on personal work and stuff. And like, I don't want people to think that like just because a lot of people are starting to talk about like uh, mental health and things that like they should stop doing personal work because it it's hurtful for them or whatever. Like, I think if you're enjoying it and you feel like this is uh this is for you, then then like by all means like continue and uh you know continue doing an amazing job. Um, but you know, for those who feel forced to um, to do that, I think it's important to uh, be aware that, um, and it's okay to to slow down and take a break sometimes. And don't worry about it too much. <laughs> so moving on to our last topic um, of this episode, um, since working remotely is like the biggest topic right now, and in the past year. What was it like for you um, going from working on-site uh, within a studio and then starting a complete new position off-site from home? Um, is there anything that you realized was particularly difficult or something that was better than the experience before? Um, yeah, uh, for me, uh, I, what I loved about um, you know, not only Square Enix, but like just being in an office um, was just like the, the human interaction and like the just being around people and, uh, you know, like taking small breaks to just chat with the person next to you, uh, little things like that, and just communicating and human interaction. Um, and that's definitely something that I miss. Um, but I don't think that like work from home is like bad either. Cause I think my job is like going, like doing, going perfectly fine, like remote as well. Like, you know, I, uh, I like to, I don't know. I, li I like to be at home too, and I I'm I'm like a home dweller. So just being at home is like nice and cozy, and um, uh, it it's it's not like uh, it's not putting like a toll on me or anything. Like uh, I like social interaction, but I I still consider myself like as an introvert. So I like to stay in my bubble too. Um, and uh, and yeah, the hard part about um starting a new job um uh at remote is uh like first of all like the onboarding is hard for sure and uh you know having like casual talks is like barely existing like of course you, you have to like take that extra step to try to get like that casual talks going kind of thing like you know we can't we can't do like we used to where we would go like karaokeing and stuff <laughs> uh, and like you know particularly in my situation because like everyone on my team like all the animators on my team are sort of like spread out all over mm -hmm. north america um, so it's even harder to to get that like um, uh, like a friendship outside of work kind of thing. Like obviously, I try my best to to have like little conversations, but you know it's not it's not the same. Um, and uh, one thing that's that I noticed was like a bit harder um, was uh, for like getting info information or uh, getting feedback for animation because you know we have like our weekly animation reviews and stuff, and that's fantastic. And you know my team is so good at giving feedback. Um, and this is something that I was seeking, right, when I was looking for a new job. Um, but like, you know, when it's not, 
when we're not having like the animation reviews, you know, maybe I'm working on something and I would like to have some feedback. Like the one of the only ways I could get feedback is uh, just posting it on our Slack channel and just like waiting for somebody to answer. And you know, in in a in a situation where we're at a studio, like we can just poke the person like next to us or our lead or whoever, uh, and t- and ask them like, hey, can you give me feedback? Or maybe they'll pass by and they'll be like, oh, you should try to fix this or whatever, you know. Um, uh, but like now, it's just like I just have to post it on Slack and sort of wait, and then like hope that somebody answers because we're all animators, we're all artists. So uh, sometimes. Um, Sometimes we're we're so focused on our work that we don't even look at Slack for the whole day. So, you know, you just post it and like hope that somebody opens Slack at some point. And then uh, if they do, then they'll give fantastic feedback. If they don't, then, you know, you you don't know when it's going to come. So you're just like so either like waiting, working on another thing or um, you're like, shit, I need to finish this. I have a deadline. So um, I'm going to just keep working on it and hope that it's the right direction and stuff. And that's not like the best uh, way to approach things. But sometimes like that's the case because you can't. You can't just wait and like be idle. At that point, I would suggest to to like actually poke people individually and be like, "Hey, do you mind like giving me quick feedback on this and stuff?" Um, but if you like forget to do that or something, or if you're like not in the mood or whatever, then uh, you might be waiting for a bit longer. And there's like that latency um, for feedback. But uh, apart from that, um, yeah, I think uh, it's it's fine. Like I, I enjoy like having a remote team mm-hmm. um, it's not as hard as i thought it was going to be but you know there are these little uh faults i guess yeah i relate to that a lot because i'm also working complete remote and my team is in the us and we have like a couple of people in europe and it is like quite difficult as you said to have that um social interaction like we had before and like my first big social ex- like interaction I had with like studio and stuff like that was at Square Enix and having that in comparison to being at home and just being on yeah. the same spot I've been in the past three years feels weird like even being in the same room but having like a new job and it's um it's really odd but it has a lot of benefits like you said it's uh, like you have this team that gives you feedback you have this you have this opportunity to grow even though you are remote but you just have to go that extra step but I think you are pretty good at that because you also seeked out mentorship and all these like extra things in your previous job so mm-hmm. i think it's a skill that you can acquire as well that makes you like come out of your shell i guess a bit more as well if you are put in this position you need feedback and you need like to put in that extra mile into making connections with people and yeah. if you do it and people are always open to that like yeah um, it's just taking that step I think. yeah it's just the that extra obstacle being in the way yeah exactly yeah. and like um, yeah, and Ash, like being like a freelance artist, like you must know this feeling, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, working, you know, like since I haven't had um, like the experience yet of like working in studio versus working strictly, like I've only worked from home, you know, mm-hmm. like I've never been able to pop over to someone and be like, hey, can you take a look at this? And then they can trot over and look at my stuff. It's like, there is like a, a, a little bit more of like a, a longer time that I have to wait sometimes. And, and part of the trick is trying to make sure that I'm staying occupied all day. 
in the waiting time because there just is going to be waiting time with work from home situations you know like someone could be in a meeting like or uh for me in my situation right now um the people that i'm working with are on the west coast so when i am waking up starting my day at 6 a.m for them so like even if i even if i start doing something and i need feedback on something like right now it's like oh you're asleep i can't I can't expect a message back right now so that I have to find something else to do and things like that. Um, but, but yeah, it's, it's, um, it's definitely been like a learning experience. And then also like, um, I think this kind of goes for all like work from home situations. Like I think um, you kind of realize just how much more important it is to communicate well a thing communicate mm-hmm. something quickly and communicate something well when you're having an issue with something because it's like if you don't then it'll cause more confusion which will make things mm-hmm. take longer which is yeah. bad for everyone because they have a meeting in five minutes that they have to go to and then you still your problems and solve and stuff like that so like it's been teaching me to be like a little bit better like with how I describe a problem that I'm having and making sure I take pictures of the thing to help or whatever, like just making sure I'm communicating um, more properly with like a work from home situation or whatever. Cause that's just, it's just, it just hits different. (laughs) That's that's the hardest part. Like miscommunication uh, through these, like there's a lot of that, especially cause like there's so many like, ways that people like chat too sometimes mm-hmm. like you know I, I like to put like a lot of exclamation marks and like smiling yes. faces and stuff <laughs> yeah, but some yeah. people don't and like and sometimes you're not and to them they're just saying like you know they in their head they might be saying like hey how are you but like when they type it's just like hey how are you period yeah. <laughs> and yeah. you're just like um <laughs> rude <laughs> It's cool to hear uh, uh, like a perspective, a different perspective from somebody like uh, who who wasn't in house before. So it's like, yeah, it's like I think it's really good to learn from you as well for that in that sense. Yeah, yeah, I think for me, I with the freelance stuff that I'm doing now, being all remote and stuff like that, it really is only further preparing me for like like future freelance gigs or any sort of like in-house situation or whatever, because then I will have me, I will, English doesn't work. I will have (laughs) been working on uh, communication skills or whatever. So when I am in an in-house situation, I'll be that much more uh, exact when it comes to expressing um, certain problems that I'm having on a thing or whatever. Um, But yeah, I, I, I personally have just found that like, the, the more questions I ask and the sooner I ask for help and stuff, the better, because it's yeah. just like, yeah. <laughs> if I don't, then it's wasting everyone's time and stuff like that. And I'd rather not do that, <laughs> um, you know? So, and, and plus like yeah. something that I'm also trying to remind myself um, and maybe it'll be good for other people to hear is that like, for me right now, uh, when it comes to the stuff that I am doing, what I, the only thing I'm trying to worry about is putting for my best, putting forth my best effort and then showing that as soon as possible, as soon as I get something out. And then after I like send it to like my lead or whatever for approval, it's like out of my hands in a way, because it's like, it's not a singular process. Like it's not just you working on something like no. someone is checking you and stuff like that. Yeah. So there is, there's a lot of trust that comes with that. So like, I trust my lead to tell me, 
that, hey, you just need to do this this way. And then it's like, okay, cool. I'll just do it this way. Like it's, I, I've been working really hard to like separate myself a bit from like the process because otherwise it could be kind of like, um, I don't want to say hurtful, but it can be kind of like rough, like going through and iterating on a thing over and over and over again. But if you kind of like, but if I try to look at it, like, I'm just going to put my best forth, my best foot forward and then show it. And then they'll let me know what's up. Okay. They'll yeah. let me know what's up. Okay, now let's try to do this or whatever. Trying to think yeah. about it that way, I think has been helpful. Um, mm. And uh, so maybe that can like, it's, it's hard to kind of do that, I think maybe, but I think it's a thing that's worth doing. Um, yeah. because yeah, for sure. uh, i don't know like people are people are there to help you know uh, especially if they yeah, brought no. you on the team in the first place like everyone wants you to everyone wants you to succeed you know like this is a, this is a, a team sport you know yeah. yeah i think we all forget super quickly that that's that i think we said that a lot of times too that we don't have to know everything and and we are not alone in this and game development as a whole is like such a team effort like you don't yeah. ever just do something 100 by yourself except if you work made stardew valley that's another topic but if you're like on a team like we are <laughs> um it's different like you're not gonna have to like be hercules and take everything on your shoulders and be like i'm gonna wing this by myself it's uh, not how it works and i think yeah. we forget that quickly and think that people expect so much from us but it's like no they just want you to be honest and like you know do our work and do our best and that's what we're doing anyway so we should just calm ourselves down and trust in ourselves a bit more i think <laughs> yeah yeah i think i think uh, in in a sense like this whole remote thing is like uh is great because it's yeah it's teaching us these little things that we wouldn't have learned like no. proper communication and stuff uh and uh and yeah it, it, in a way like obviously it's it's been pretty bad like for the whole year and a half or two years even i don't i've lost count um but but you know at least we got something from it you know we learned something from this whole remote uh situation thing um but uh but i know another like topic uh for for um for remote working especially is uh focus um and i know a lot of people who um uh, who who struggle with uh, focus just because like they're they're uh, not unfortunate obviously but like they they have like children uh, in the house and uh, you know running around playing around they have like uh, I don't know a very needy dog or a needy cat or uh, anything like that and um, you know sometimes like focusing uh, during this uh, uh, work from home situation can get a bit hard um, for me like I don't think focus focusing is the hard part because I don't have that many distractions around me. Um, but uh, it's really the um, uh, the opposite, actually. I, I get over-focused. So, um, you know, there's nothing... I feel like since I'm, like, working from home and stuff and, like, sometimes my, uh, my clock is, like, not even showing or something, so um, I just end up, like, working too much and, like, I, I have a hard time... I had a hard time, like, differentiating, um, like you know, when I should stop and when I shouldn't, just because I'm at my desk, I don't need to like leave the studio or whatever. Uh, so I'm just like over-focused and just like working, working, working. And next thing you know, it's like midnight and you're just like, whoa, time passed fast. Um, and that's like, one, one, that was one of my biggest issues that were, that was quite hurtful for me when I started working from home. Um, but 
uh, luckily, uh, you know, I have a partner that constantly reminds me like, hey, you should stop now. Oh, it's time to go to bed now. It's like, oh, crap, you're right. And like, you know, kind of like pulling me out of the chair. Uh, I also have a cat that like, you know, on a, on a schedule, she like comes to me and she like starts meowing at me and stuff and then jumps on my table and then goes on my keyboard and my mouse and stuff. <laughs> so, you know, it, it's kind of like that, that break, like, okay, come back to reality now. Uh, give me attention, human. Um, and then like, you know, I pick her up, I put her on my lap, pet her for a bit until she's like, okay, that's enough. And then she leaves. And then I'm like, okay, back to work. And you know, that kind of like helps me take breaks and like to separate and like, just remembering like it's important to take breaks and um you know maybe even have like a timer uh there's like a mm. something called like the pomodoro that a friend of mine showed me and it's like uh it's like this thing where like you work for like uh 20 minutes and you take like a short break and then you work for 20 minutes like short break like two two minutes or five minute short break uh drink some water or whatever and it's kind of like this this uh reminder and it's supposed to help you like stay um like productive um like, but like productivity isn't like my issue. It's just like being like too focused. That's the issue. So yeah. for some people, it might help. Um, but yeah, for me, it's uh, it's definitely has been a problem. And uh, you know, it would be nice to to uh, be at an office again just to have like that break. Um, but yeah. <laughs> right. I think we now reached like the end of this episode. Just to like quickly summarize what we talked about, um, Justin went over how we got into the industry. And I think it's super interesting how you didn't have a super linear path that you tried out several things. And then after a while you found your passion for animation and then really put your all into that to get into the industry as quick as you could, which I think is very impressive uh, within a year. And um, at Square Enix, you had such a crucial position being a solo, solo animator at such an early stage in your career. But you, what I think is really important for people to take away from this is that you can make the best out of it. And it teaches you a lot of different skills in a lot of different areas and gives you such a more, I think, more broad look on game development and being like just in seeking out for mentorship yourself, being active outside of work, trying to educate yourself beyond your work desk, <laughs> if that makes sense is super crucial to um, still keeping up your skill level and um, being ready to tackle like a new job because then after that you found another position that gives you that type of mentorship on site and that you don't um, necessarily need to seek it out so much anymore. Mm -hmm. um, which then leads us to our last, more like last topic where you also then decide to actively not do personal work and take time for yourself and try to you know engage in other activities that don't resolve revolve around work necessarily and um i think that's a super interesting approach because we don't really hear about that that much that um it's okay to not do personal if you obviously want to as you said as well it's okay do it you we support you in that but we also support you in not doing it and taking that well-deserved rest um which I think is a really good thing to keep in mind for all of us uh, in this case. Yeah, thank you so much for coming on, uh, Justin. We were really excited to have you and sharing all your insights with us. And um, we will share all the social media links that way you can find Justin um, in the description of whatever you're listening on right now. You can find his animation work on Twitter and yeah, you should definitely check that out. But yeah, thank you so much for coming on today. Um, I hope you had a lot of fun talking with us because yeah. I'm sure we both did. <laughs> Thanks so much for having me. For real. Yeah. I'm really happy so to be here.
Oh, Thank yay! You. <laughs> oh my God, for sure. Um, and if anyone listening would like to suggest someone to join us on the podcast, someone who's a great positive force within their community, along with being great at what they do, please send us an email at allinclusivepodcast at gmail.com. That's all inclusive, no spaces, pdcst at gmail.com. They can be a 2D artist, 3D artist, animator, tech artist, QA person, art director, literally anyone. They just have to be cool and nice. That is it. (laughs) (laughs) So um, thank you everyone for listening and joining us for our 10th episode of All Inclusive. We hope that you had just as much fun listening to us as we do the talking. And you can find us on a couple of different social media channels. You can find these in the links of the description box below. And that's going to include Twitter, YouTube, and Spotify. And a little disclaimer, we will do a summer break from uh, after this episode and we'll come right back in September with a brand new episode of All Inclusive. So I hope you all have a great summer and hopefully see you very soon. Thanks again and we hope you'll join us for another episode of All Inclusive. Bye.